welcome to talc teaching and learning consultation skills this is the talc talks podcast helping everyone who sees patients to improve their consultation skills to get better outcomes and this approach can even increase your job satisfaction welcome to talc 10-2 skills for talking about domestic abuse clinicians can help to stop the silent suffering. Domestic abuse is a widespread public health problem with long-lasting effects on physical and mental health, which also has major impacts on any children or young people that there may be in the family. Abuse is important in all kinds of health care. This introduction covers the key issues about the consultation skills needed to ask about abuse and then to respond effectively and beneficially to any disclosures of abuse. All clinicians should be aware of the clues in a patient's history that hint about possible abuse and the types of illness that are associated with abuse. Clinicians should be familiar with their own local domestic abuse services and guidelines about dealing with abuse, including those of statutory services such as MARAC, the Multi-Agency Risk Assessment Conference, or the police. This chapter focuses on the consultation skills needed. There is more comprehensive information for clinicians about managing abuse available online, and the details are in the resources section of the PDF of this chapter. This introduction is going to cover what is domestic abuse and how is it defined? What is the impact of abuse? Why is it important to ask about domestic abuse in clinical consultations? When to consider raising issues of potential abuse? The skills used to ask about abuse safely, selecting the best questions to ask, for example. We are also going to talk about the skills that enable an effective response to a disclosure of abuse and skills to help assess risk and enable planning of care personalised for that individual. There are some comments about recording domestic abuse safely in medical records. So what is domestic abuse and how is it defined? Domestic abuse may also be referred to as intimate partner violence or domestic violence and abuse. In 2013, Domestic violence and abuse was described in a cross-government definition and later expanded to include 16 to 17-year-olds and coercive control. The definition used there was this. Any incident or pattern of incidents of controlling, coercive or threatening behaviour, violence or abuse between those, those aged 16 or over who are or have been intimate partners or family members, regardless of gender or sexuality. This definition includes so-called honour-based violence, female genital mutilation and forced marriage. It is clear that victims are not confined to one gender or ethnic group. Thus, domestic abuse covers a wide range of experiences, encompassing emotional and psychological abuse, physical abuse, sexual violence and abuse, stalking and harassment, intimidation and humiliation, manipulation, threatening behaviour, financial control, 
coercion, isolation and entrapment. Domestic abuse is a common breach of human rights. It involves the systematic use of power and control, with far-reaching consequences for individuals, families, children, communities and society as a whole. Coercive and controlling behaviour is at the core of domestic abuse, which occurs in all groups and social classes in society and those of different cultural backgrounds, sexualities and ethnicities. Domestic abuse is a gendered crime, with many more women than men suffering. Domestic abuse can affect men and those in same-sex relationships, and then it arises out of similar dynamics of domination and control. Depending on the definition used, 25% to 55% of women experience such abuse during their lifetime, and up to 16% of men, so it's clearly a common problem. What is the impact of abuse? Domestic abuse has a big impact on individuals and on social relationships across society. Domestic abuse is associated with a wide range of physical and mental health problems, including gynaecological, gastrointestinal and cardiovascular problems, as well as anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, as well as alcohol and drug misuse. It is strongly associated with frequent attendance at healthcare facilities. Women are far more likely to suffer abuse than men are. In a year in the UK, approximately 400 people who have attended hospital for domestic abuse injuries in the previous six months go on to take their own lives. 200 of these who take their own lives attend hospital on the very day they go on to kill themselves. About 100 women a year die at the hands of their abusers. About 30 abusive men per year in the UK are killed by their intimate partners responding to the domestic abuse they have been subjected to. The male perpetrator's sense of entitlement to control or dominate another remains the predominant cause of the violence from women. This gender disparity is promoted by underlying social, cultural and institutional structures. When children are exposed to DA, that's to say domestic abuse, many emotional and behavioural problems result, as well as increased risk-taking behaviour, alcohol and substance misuse and academic problems. This further highlights the need to identify and assist those family members who are being abused. Coercive control sometimes takes the form of controlling a woman's reproductive choices, which is sometimes called reproductive coercion. This may mean limiting her access to contraception, effectively forcing pregnancy, refusing to use condoms, which may expose her to the risk of pregnancy or to sexually transmitted illness, or forcing her to have an abortion that she doesn't wish to have. The social impact of domestic abuse is huge. It is the most common reason cited for becoming homeless. And in addition, it accounts for 16% of all violent crime. However, it remains the violent crime least likely to be reported to the police, and it has more repeat victims than any other crime. On average, there will have been 35 assaults before a victim calls the police. 
the costs to the criminal justice system, to the health service, to social care and to housing have been estimated at up to 66 billion per year. Why is it important to ask about domestic abuse in clinical consultations? The association of domestic abuse with a wide range of physical and mental health problems means that asking about domestic abuse, responding positively to a disclosure and referring on to appropriate services can result in important improvements in health outcomes for the victim and their children and their wider family. Those suffering abuse are often in contact with health services and may be too ashamed or hesitant to mention abuse, fearing that they may end up in more danger or that nothing can be done. Therefore, being alert to the signs of abuse and asking directly about this can open the door for great improvements in health and well-being. This may transform the clinician's experience too, as some frustrating problems may then be identified as linked to domestic abuse. This means that care is more appropriately directed and it enables referral to appropriate domestic abuse services. Having posters or information in all waiting areas, toilets and consulting rooms can create an atmosphere in which any patient becomes aware that it will be acceptable for them to mention abuse. When should clinicians consider raising issues of potential abuse themselves? The skills of TALC Module 1.1, Is Your Preparation Positively Promoting Good Performance, involve checking the medical records for safeguarding concerns in the case of domestic abuse. Looking critically at the range of a patient's acute and chronic health problems may give clues, as many are associated with abuse. Raising issues of abuse must only be done in a safe situation. Ensure the patient is on their own with no children or accompanying adult. Only then consider asking directly about abuse. Use an independent translator service if that's appropriate and necessary. In general practices that have received training in the identification and referral to improve safety approach, that's the IRIS service, and those who are using the EMIS IT system, the HARC template may prop up as a prompt to asking questions. This is triggered if a code is present for some problems known to be linked to domestic abuse. HARC aims to remind clinicians to ask about domestic abuse using questions about different aspects of abuse. The letters stand for H. Have you ever been humiliated? A. Have you been afraid or intimidated? R stands for rape or sexual assault, and K stands for kicking or physical assault. So what are the best questions to ask and what skills are used to ask about abuse safely? Using the skills of TALC module three, be alert to clues and cues in the consultation, especially about poor mental health, stress, drugs, or alcohol misuse. Do not make assumptions that the person you're talking to could not be a victim of abuse or that someone else has asked about abuse. Following up on statements such as perhaps you mentioned stress at home can help to explore initial issues, followed by a focused clinical inquiry using specific questions about domestic abuse. Such questions could include, how safe do you feel at home? 
Are you afraid of anyone at home? Is anyone harming or intimidating you? Does anyone control who you see or talk to? These are not tick box screening questions to ask everyone, but should be linked to the context. Sensitivity is needed. Be aware of hesitations, phrases such as not really, which may mean yes to some extent, and allow pauses for the patient to think. Another approach is to link the presenting problem in the consultation to the possibility of domestic abuse with a comment explaining your clinical reasoning. For example, sometimes when a person is suffering from perhaps long-standing abdominal pain, there may be someone harming or intimidating them. I'm wondering, might that be happening to you? Disclosure is a process and may not happen in a single consultation. The patient may return to the issue later when they feel more confident. Some may have suffered abuse for decades but not told anyone. Others may not be aware that control or intimidation are also types of abuse. The clinician's inquiry can reassure the patient that it is possible to talk about domestic abuse. Giving information about abuse, for example, about what coercive control is, can be useful. And there are resources such as the Jewel of Power and Control Wheel in the resources section of the PDF. What skills enable an effective response to a disclosure of abuse? Using the skills of TALP Module 4, continue to maintain a dialogue by first acknowledging the disclosure. Thank you for telling me about that. It helps me to understand. Consider allowing a pause and then checking how the patient feels about talking about their experiences of abuse. It is important to respond specifically and positively to any disclosure with empathy and also to state this is not your fault. Continue relationship building using the skills of TALP Module 2 especially showing empathy and concern for that individual. Acknowledgement and acceptance of people's experiences are powerfully healing in their own right. Try to avoid any immediate impulse to problem solve, to fix things, or to encourage the patient to leave the abusive situation immediately. Leaving can significantly increase risks to the patient and make her more vulnerable. After disclosure and before any plans of action are made, clinicians must assess the patient's own perspective on things, assess her overall safety and discuss local specialist domestic abuse services which can help. What are the skills to help assess risk and enable planning of care personalised for that individual? A clinician hearing a disclosure of abuse must make an assessment of risk prior to agreeing a plan with the patient personalised to their specific situation. Use the skills of TALCS modules 3 and 4 to gain an understanding of the patient's own perspective on her situation and what she wants at this specific time. Be positive that there is help and support for her and explain that you can arrange a referral to a local specialist domestic abuse agency. Clarify the situation by asking about any threats what have you been threatened with? And find out whether there are any children or vulnerable adults in the household. 
Ask the patient if she has a safe way to contact her, for example, a telephone number that she knows is safe to use and private. A basic risk assessment is essential and will establish the patient's views about the following question. Are you safe to go home? If the patient says they are not safe to go home today, believe them. They live with and understand their risk. Help her to ring the police, who can take her to a place of safety using the emergency 999 number in the UK. Ensure that a follow-up appointment is arranged to take things further as needed. There are various methods and tools to assess risk and there is a very useful summary at the Safe Lives website. Your own local domestic abuse services may stipulate a specific tool and if so, be familiar with it and know where to find it and use it. Various factors can increase the risk to patients who are experiencing abuse and these are summarised in the specs list. The things to ask about are S for separation, P for pregnancy, E for any escalation of severity or frequency, C for cultural aspects which include honour-based violence and forced marriage, S is for stalking and harassment, S is also for strangulation and S is for sexual assault. These latter ones increase risk significantly. Non-fatal strangulation, when the strangulation does not cause death, can result in both serious physical and mental health consequences, including cardiac arrest, stroke, miscarriage, seizures and long-term brain injury. Any experience of attempted strangulation or suffocation represents a very high risk and should be taken seriously as it may presage increased violence or even murder. Be alert to the language women use, as they may talk about being grabbed or throttled rather than being strangled. Any attacks like this increase the risk of subsequent murder by up to 7.5 times. If the abuse has been in the past, or if the patient is currently at low or standard risk, then offer referral to your local domestic abuse services. Patients assessed to be at high risk in the UK should be referred to the local statutory services called MARAC, the Multi-Agency Risk Assessment Conference. Clinicians should have information about their local services available in the consultation and know how to make referrals. MARAC work with victims at high risk of harm. Domestic specialist workers, after referral, can carry out detailed assessments including the level of risk. They work to increase patient autonomy and to plan individualised care to support the victim. They will support her to leave, if she wants that, in a safe, planned way, as leaving increases risk. Domestic abuse specialists will work with those experiencing abuse now or who have experience of past abuse, as the effects are long-lasting. Clinicians must also remember that research has confirmed the major impact of domestic abuse on children in the household. Although the patient may not perceive this themselves, or think that the patient are unaware, children are aware. All clinicians have safeguarding responsibilities, and they should follow local safeguarding protocols. It is always helpful to discuss and seek advice about cases of domestic abuse with colleagues and local safeguarding lead clinicians. 
Clinicians need to ensure confidentiality when receiving disclosures of abuse and must not discuss any disclosures with perpetrators. Some clinicians may have strong links to the family or the community, but must not attempt to mediate or fix things, as this may actually increase the risk of harm to the victim. How should domestic abuse be recorded in medical records? Recording domestic abuse disclosures in medical records must be done safely, so that perpetrators do not discover that their victim has told someone about the abuse. Patients who are subject to controlling coercion by an abuser are the most common group at risk from unauthorised record access. There is very useful guidance from the Royal College of General Practitioners on recording domestic abuse and the reference for that is in the PDF for this chapter. The HARC template can also be used for this. It is essential to use the online visibility function to hide such consultations from patient online access. The IRA services have a reminder, if in doubt, document it, then block it out, so that no one can access it online. And there's helpful detail about this area of practice listed in the resources section of the PDF. This podcast was brought to you by NHS Professional Educators, making training available to all.